0: Hi readers, I'm Jordan, and I'm Katie, and welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. This week, we're diving back into The Elf Tangent by Lindsay
1: Buraker, otherwise known as Aldari Gets a Bop It.
0: Welcome to part two of the elf tangent. Yep. I think
1: it proceeds to get more downhill, but I also kind of think it actually doesn't. Because like we've kind of like gone through most of the like super wild shit and now we're just like average wild shit.
0: Oh no, no. There's there's <laughs> some there's some things that happen in part three that are right up there with the steamboat <laughs> eye roll for me. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like, yeah, if the first part was like
1: how many more crazy like sci-fi fantasy aspects are we going to throw into this? And then the second part is like how many like awkwardly um, romantic moments are we going to like shove into this like semi-awkwardly? And I want to caveat that like I actually like this book, like it was like fun. But when you start to like assess it from the lens (laughs) that Jordan and I do, like that's I think where it falls apart maybe a little bit.
0: And that's where I think you and I differ on this book. Is like I couldn't even find a bit of it to enjoy. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lindsay Burker. It's just not my cup of tea. That's fair. So, yeah. Well, uh, we have arrived. Doctor, at... right. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Part two. Um, and so the whole gang they have arrived in Elfland. And um, after their whole like interaction with the Vorgs and then getting like yeeted off a cliff and then um, passing the whole like river full of sea serpents, um, they're, you know, reasonably getting fixed up by the mercenary group's medic, um, Mevleth. I think this is how you Me- say that.
0: I-, I thought it was Melvith. I could have just
1: uh, had a <laughs> moment of <laughs> dyslexia. Uh, Melvith.
0: <laughs> I don't uh, know. I, one of the I two of us your, has dyslexia <laughs> i trust your memory on this book way more than because i've gotten all the names wrong including like <laughs> one of the secondary main characters so that is true yeah, Mevleth. yeah. We'll go with
1: Mevleth. okay Mevlith. um and they're at like this like little like hokey camp thing or whatever and so like uh interestingly, Aldari is like immediately like, you know, I understand I'm injured, but like, have you looked at like Captain Hawk yet? Like he got eaten by a sea serpent and then he had to like fight a bunch of people. And it's kind of like, well, like he's still your kidnapper. Um, Maybe still keep that in mind. But uh, a moment later, I
0: thought that was uh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, but did you Mm -mm. find that as weird as I did? Like she is hyper focused on getting hawk care which i would trust his on people to like be able to make those kinds of decisions on their own without like little princess being like oh save him please Mm -hmm. because also yeah like he's your
1: kidnapper and he's an elf and like he's the head of this mercenary group like if he actually needs help he's probably gonna like go get help i yeah Uh, We're going to skip past that part. (laughs) Uh, No further thought into that. Just don't think about it. Um, But, you know, a moment later, Captain Hawk in uh, set Vic, the lieutenant grumpy guy come hobbling in, you know, to seek medical aid. Um, And Jordan's probably going to have comments about this, uh, but it should be noted at this point that, like, both the girls had to strip down to their unmentionables uh, to get all their, like, scrapes and boo-boos treated. Um, but now, like, you have your two mercenaries that have, like, also come in to be treated. And, like, I totally was, like, mad respect for Theli for being, like, oh, my God. Like, Aldari, you need to, like, put some fucking clothes on. Like, they can't see you. You're a princess. Like, but that was just a weird, like, why did they have to strip down to their undies? You know what I mean?
0: I, yeah, I know. It's this i mean honestly i forgot about this part uh, this is kind of, <laughs> i did not as soon as like as soon as the pirates happened i kind of started skimming a lot um that's i i kind of vaguely remember this but yeah th- that was weird and again thanks for Thelly for doing the right thing but aldari if i'm remembering correctly and that's not very reliable right now <laughs> aldari should have been more aware and like if you're a princess, you're kind of raised with all these customs and rules, and I mean, she should have been self-conscious about this.
1: Yeah. Right? It's surprising that she didn't even think twice about the fact that some man is seeing her without clothes on.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So they're all getting, like, uh, treated, and, you know, Thelly's like, put some clothes on, and Aldari's, like, totally just ignoring that. Um. So Mevlith, uh, the doctor, is like kind of like annoyed at Hawk because, you know, he's probably like berating him. Like, why did you get snapped up and eaten by a serpent in the first place? And like maybe work a little bit harder to avoid that. Um, But he hands like everyone in the group a green potion that will allegedly like make them all feel better. And so Aldari takes a decent sip or two. Thelly passes it along without drinking because she has like the macho thing going on. And she's like, oh, I'm not hurt that bad. And then Hawk, who, again, has been, like, eaten by a serpent, uh, chugs a shit ton. But then Setvik, like, obviously seeing that Theli didn't take any, is like, I can't take any either. And so he, like, you know, just passes out, basically. Um, But he's still in there and alive. Uh, But in this, like, moment, Aldari has, like, all kinds of interesting thoughts about Hawk, which, like... I guess if you're like a sheltered princess and all of a sudden you see like hot guy without shirt on like being taken care of by a doctor. But it was also it's mildly jarring. I feel like it wasn't quite natural. Yeah, maybe. it's like
0: Aldari switches from like princess math mode to like a teenager who's discovering boys for the first time. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it could be one of those things that... um
1: it is that, like uh, what is it called? Maybe like demisexual, when you're like not interested in people until you find like the right person, and then like all of a sudden you're like are experiencing like sexual attraction for the first time. Like maybe that's our Aldari in this instance. But it's still a little weird with that much. I don't know. <laughs> Thought.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's fair. Um but-
0: yeah. So with this whole potion, this green potion thing, I am in the midst of playing Harry Potter Legacy, and there is a. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't need your judgment, readers or Katie, but there is a green health potion that you drink. Oh, like, called Wig and Weld Potion, <laughs> and that's all I could like envision right now as you're describing this green bottle getting passed around because that's what you drink. It's a green potion. I love
1: it. You need
0: to play Harry Potter. I know.
1: Well, I'm waiting for it to come out on Switch.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't want to buy a second Xbox. It's
0: going to be so much worse on on Switch. Just know.
1: I I know. Maybe I'll get it on Switch and then after that decide that I then need to spend, you know, another several hundred dollars to play it on like a different (laughs) system. It's fine. Um, and so everyone has kind of like gotten the medical treatment that they need. And um, Theli kind of takes the opportunity to make fun of Aldari a little bit and like uh just remember, like you're a princess and you need to uh stay a virgin. And Aldari's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not even thinking about that.
0: Uh that's weird. Like no one is uh, you know, uh, thinking about that here. And it's like, girl. <laughs> okay, that reminds me. Sorry, I'm gonna this is gonna be my last interruption. I'll let you proceed on but at the very no, the interruptions of the story, are good i don't know about that but <laughs> this whole okay this whole version thing came up like page one or two of this book with her sister like aldari's sister also
1: crown oh, princess whatever
0: yeah and like her sister is supposed to be this like uber experienced like confident in her sexuality princess
1: yeah so
0: yeah, that's weird, right? Like there's these two that princesses, is right? Weird. S- like same upbringing, same rules. Yeah.
1: Cuz that princess is the older princess too. Mhm. So you'd think it'd be like inverted, like the crown princess because obviously she's going to be like sold off to whoever and you would think she so would I have wonder,
0: to be I wonder if this whole like virgin thing is an Aldari thing and not like a like societal standard mm. thing.
1: And then, so Thelly's concern is just because, like, she has to marry the Prince of yeah. Orith. Mm, I can see that. But I feel like in that case, you would think still to a degree, like, Thelly would be like, here's your opportunity to, like, have sex with someone that you, like, actually know and, like, instead of some random dude that you've never met before. I, and maybe that's, like, showing my ignorance about, like, how in... Like historical instances, they could tell if someone was a virgin or not. But like, how are they gonna
0: know? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you uh, traditionally you save the wedding night bedsheet and then you hang it over the castle uh, wall so all of the people can see that you had a um, pure bride. What? Did you know that? What? Yeah. What? Yeah, like save. Okay, so oh my- I'm not a historian. Let me put that out there, but. I've read enough historical romance to like, <laughs> oh my have God. A, a, like a sense on like consistency a little bit and like that that's gotta be like okay, it's probably historically accurate to a sense. But yeah, they would save the sheet on the wedding Whoa. night and see if there's, you know, evidence. <laughs> Ew gross. But you that know, is God so... help you if you're a woman and you ever wore a like rode a horse. <laughs> like, I yeah, or anything that's
1: fascinating. I would be so embarrassed. I don't love that okay
0: (laughs) the more you know well okay to say nothing of the okay maybe this is a little too much (laughs) for this episode but like sometimes you would get like checked (gasps) but I get but like how does that and maybe
1: I don't know enough about like female anatomy because of like you know the public school system but like how there there's no way like I feel like that's totally fake but then if the older sister isn't a virgin and then they like
0: checked, but it, did that not matter? That's what I mean. Like I don't know if it matters. Like in this particular world. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, like what we you're saying, like there's all these weird contrasts with the technology and the setting and the mm. the little things like the Dewey Decimal system. Like <laughs> Dewey Decimal. <laughs> <laughs> and steamboats. It's fine. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh my God! So when you said steamboat earlier, I thought you meant like romantic, like oh, he's a steamboat. Um, oh, sweet <laughs> you were talking Jesus, about Jesus, Katie. <laughs> the actual, you know, like technological. <laughs> Ew. <clears throat> well that just clicked. Oh uh, my God! <laughs> you can tell what a hot mess this is. <laughs>
0: Oh, we're, we're, I think we're struggling more with this one than we did with the Stardust Thief.
1: That's fair. Cause I think the Stardust Thief, so that was like a fully published, like published by like a formal, you know, big time publishing company and like probably went, well, we have our own thoughts on that as well. But it like probably went through several rounds of editing. Um, but I know that Lindsay Berker is like self-published, I'm pretty sure. But she has like what is it, Alpha and Beta Readers and stuff. But it could just be like one of those like fun ones that like you just This was not you turn your brain me. off a little bit. Not and, fun. Yeah. Uh anyways, uh <laughs> they set off the next day. <laughs> But before they can actually, like, set off and leave the little camp, um, Hawk's like, oh, Aldari, can I speak to you privately again? Which, again, these little, like, private side meeting things, interesting. Um, but he takes the opportunity to give her this, like, little metal, like, tube gizmo thing um, that was allegedly made by the sorcerer's, like, inventor brother. And it has a bunch of, like, twisty symbols and characters on it. And, like, I kind of imagined it, like, um,
0: uh, a bop it. <laughs> you know what that is probably spot on i yeah. i hadn't really pictured anything except for like i don't know like a rain stick with some buttons <laughs> on it
1: a rain stick <laughs> but oh a pop is
0: probably yeah that's i that's, like that's fair
1: because like i guess the concept is you like turn the individual parts and then like stuff happens but they're like individual turn things on the same tube that probably makes no sense to anyone but just like imagine like a fancy looking boppet
0: <laughs> Aldari gets a boppet that might be our episode <laughs> title oh there it is you guys are watching this like
1: live like real time with us because you're like that's what the episode is actually called but um you can tell the the recording order <laughs> that we were going about <laughs> but that's fine um but back to the it um Aldari's like okay cool thanks but like what does it do and hawk is like i don't know like maybe you could figure it out and it's like okay that's not maybe the best of gifts but that's fine
0: um the person that hawk is kind of dumb like kind of like pretty boy dumb
1: yeah um oh my god what is that uh the term uh a himbo (laughs) i was hoping you were gonna spit out your drink
0: (laughs) (laughs) this i probably would have had i heard like had not heard that before but my friend okay introduced me to that term like a couple months ago and like what the fuck is a himbo oh (laughs) oh yeah i got it got got
1: i am kind of so again another tangent like immediately into this episode but i am low-key obsessed with the idea of a himbo because i feel like and especially in like romance books because i feel like at every opportunity like we've been like bombarded with the idea of like women being like bimbos and like not being very smart and just being like obsessed with like beauty and stuff. So I love the idea of these like himbos that are just like super hot, super muscly, but they do not have anything fucking going on upstairs. Like the golden (laughs) retrievers of men. Like I love that idea that are just like, yeah, I'm here to like do whatever. Love it.
0: (laughs) Art. Our podcast mascot, if you've heard him barking in the background, is a golden retriever. Yeah, he's a himbo. He is is a beautiful, beautiful dog, but the gears are turning real slow.
1: (laughs) They're just like, it's the constant little like loading circle.
0: Yeah, like, oh, do we have a 404 error here? But you know what? He's pretty (laughs) and loyal.
1: (laughs) That's all we're looking for. Himbos. But yeah, so uh, Captain Hawk is a little bit of a himbo. Uh, that's the vibe that I got. Um, but their little, like, rendezvous meeting before they can leave is interrupted, um, by one of the Twisted, so that's one of the, like, zombie elf things, and I think this is the first time that you actually, like, see them and they're described, um, but it, like, pops out of the shadows, and it, like, kind of, like, tries to get at them, but there's this, like, magical force field kind of thing protecting the camp, and so they're kind of stuck on the other side, but... Uh, we're immediately kind of clued in that the twisted are maybe not like attracted but they like yeah are attracted to magic and so you immediately think that this like tube thing is magic somehow and so um hawk kind of gets like this like sad look in his eye and um aldari is like oh that's weird like You know, why are you looking sad at that instead of like, oh, I should probably go kill it. And he kind of mentions that all of the twisted, the zombies used to be elves. And like, because the elves have like, they have such long lifelines, like it could be someone that you know. Um, So that would be super mildly traumatic. But after this, the crew kind of sets off for um, the actual main, like, only remaining city or like elf city which is where the king resides and so that they can actually go out to this like archaeological dig once they get kind of the approval from the king because he doesn't seem to like know about the kidnapping uh, as we will eventually find out
0: dude at um, this point i'm waiting for them to find dinosaur bones or something like like that's, that's the only thing we're missing is yep. in this story i'm
1: that's actually right. surprised that they didn't try to pull in dinosaurs <laughs> like one of those, like how many can you add, and it's like a little score sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like running out of breath from talking. I don't think that's healthy. Uh, evidently, I need to work out more. <laughs> well, uh, so the crew kind of uh, sets out for this this town. And then Aldari is, like, sitting in the wagon, and she's, like, playing with the little, like, metal tube thing. And Theli is immediately, like, our captor gave you a puzzle. And Aldari's, like, yeah. Like, do you want to see it? Like, isn't it cool? And Theli kind of, like, groans. And she's, like, how did he know the one thing he could give you to make you fall in love with him? And Aldari's, like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not in love with him. And it's, like, it's a puzzle. Like, you're a puzzle girl." This was the dumbest (laughs) shit.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. Like... It's like forcing the romance line down our throat. Like, it doesn't need to be that obvious. Like, we get it. She likes math. She likes puzzles. Oh, Hawk magically happens to have a puzzle. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it felt forced. Forced. I could see
1: that. See, and that was I think we talked about it in the last episode. Um, but like this book is so long that you didn't have to force the romance. Like there were opportunities to have it like kind of naturally manifest over the period of time that they're like together or like even leave it for the part um, as we'll get to where she kind of like voluntarily decides to go with him to this archaeological site and, you know, like help. Health- help the elf kingdom like you could have left most of the like romantic underpinnings for then and like all of these little moments instead of like immediately making her obsessed with him
0: (laughs) yeah and just making it it just it's a convenient romance line like Mm, mm -hmm. it was too convenient i i want it to be a struggle And I kind of got the impression that our little himbo got like a Kong toy with a treat stuck in it. And he's like, I can't figure this out. Like, here's a Kong. Play with it. And she's like, well, actually,
1: that's pretty accurate because she's like immediately playing with the puzzle. And then she finds out that it's like a calculator kind of thing. And you like twin spin the little dials and you say a certain thing. Oh, sorry. That was my phone. Uh, And you like say a certain phrase in like elven language and it like pops out with the answer so like it's basically the kong toy and she's like oh there's just like the kibble and then you pull it out of the hole and he's like whoa
0: <laughs> you're so smart <laughs>
1: it's like it is a kong toy <laughs> there's peanut butter in the way but you just get that out <laughs> and so um before anyone can get like too excited about this discovery of the tube calculator boppet toy um uh Captain Hawk is like progressively looking less and less good and is kind of like zoned out and eyes are hazy. And then all of a sudden he falls off his reindeer because they don't ride horses.
0: Reindeer. <laughs> we forgot to mention the reindeer in part one. My God. Do we not have enough going on? But we we gotta make it even more different and special. We're using That's fucking fair. reindeer. Sorry. I'm telling you, Katie and she's like reindeer. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: now i feel bad for recommending this book but it was kind of like all over the place i thought it was all over the place in like a fun way but i don't think jordan thought that
0: (laughs) you know it would have been fine like i can handle all of these weird ass plot (laughs) devices if the dialogue had been better Mm -hmm. like if Mm -hmm. the characters were more heartfelt i um, could see that because I don't think the writing is necessarily bad. I think the Mm-mm. writing is fine, um, but yeah.
1: So um we could probably talk about it more in the QA episode, but this was actually like an interesting experience for me because a lot of uh Lindsay, the author, a lot of her other books that she's written, the romance is really slow and it like develops like um she does a lot of like friendship first and then it kind of like naturally turns into romance. So I was pretty surprised that this was like immediately like right off the bat, like you know who the love interest was gonna be and like you know it's gonna be a love interest because like literally all of her other series like you don't get any kind of actual like romantic interactions before book three maybe like it's wow, drawn that's, out
0: that's what i generally prefer too mm-hmm. i mean i know i said i would give this author another chance it's just really hard for me to trust again <laughs> that's um. fair <laughs>
1: that is but fair
0: i do like that so that it is interesting that she kind of Took a different spin here.
1: hmm And it could be that she... Because I can imagine that, like, only writing multi-book series is, like, really exhausting. Um, so it could be that she wanted to try a one-off as, like, a kind of, like, a refresher and to try something new. Um, so maybe that's why the pacing felt a little bit weird. Because she's used to those, like, having a thousand pages to really develop a relationship that seems, like, natural. So that could be kind of some of the wonkiness, um, so yeah, Hawk fell off his reindeer l o l. there's gotta be some kind of like weird joke there, but <laughs> he fell off the reindeer, and so they shove him into the wagon that Aldari's sitting in, and so, um, everyone looks like a little concerned that he's not gonna make it because he's like looking really not good. and um, I feel like at this point we should mention that Aldari's also not feeling great, like she's having like stomach cramps. Um, what are they called? Like rumbly tummy, (laughs) which was kind of like a weird.
0: What? What did you just call them?
1: (laughs) Rumbly tummy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. Like, you know, when you get like a rumbly tummy and you're like, oh, I'm just not feeling that good. Like, I don't need to use the bathroom like right now. But like, if I don't seek a bathroom soon, (laughs)
0: like... (laughs) The rumbleys. Thank, thank you for the breakdown. Yeah, rumbly tummy. <laughs> We're I think we can all we can divide humanity into two two types: people who use the word tummy and people who flat out refuse to say tummy ever. What are you? I am not a tummy. No person. way! Oh <laughs> no. my god! The outrage! No. <laughs> this isn't real.
1: But, who doesn't use I tummy? Mean,
0: me and several other, you oh know, rational God. people in this
1: place. It is a tummy. <laughs> it's not a stomach. That sounds like it you're talking about, stomach. like, medical problems. Ew. Oh no, it doesn't even sound good. Don't say it. <laughs> I didn't realize I could be triggered by the word stomach, but I can.
0: <laughs> you're as triggered Gross. by stomach as I am by our himbo and the word tummy. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a combination we have here. Himbo tummies. Uh... <laughs>
0: We couldn't. Anyway, well each this other. this is why we work.
1: That's fair. That's fair. That is true. Uh, two sides of the same coin. <laughs> well, our himbo, his tummy is not doing very good, obviously, from the <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. I saw an opportunity. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, his tummy's not good because probably, you know, the serpent teeth were infected. Um, And so they're kind of like tumbling down the highway, like road thing. And everyone's like pretty concerned because he's getting worse and worse. And they're like, this man is on the brink of death. Um, But thankfully, this like hawk and like an actual hawk, like the bird kind uh, floats down to them with a message from the king's advisor that's like kind of asking how things are going. And so Setvic is like You mean they stressed. don't use cell
0: phones? Like because I mean I'm sure they could have some sort of technology that would <laughs> enable more than fucking carrier pigeons delivering messages. sorry, you know? Nope.
1: <laughs> that was violent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: uh fair. We do have well, so actually though, that's a pretty good point because like when steamboats were around or like steam powered ferries in like our uh, lives. Well, not our lives, but like our timeline. Uh, however you want to say that. Did we have phone telegrams? Yeah. Telegrams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but what if you were traveling? Because, like, like, telegrams are like stationary, like places to like get them, right?
0: Um, again, not a historian, but there would be, um like like stations, like in every town where you could deliver mm. a message to, I think. I'm recalling mm. the animated movie Balto. Um, <laughs> did you ever see it? <laughs> I love Balto. That was like one of my
1: favorite movies, but it always made me cry. I'm gonna be real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so that is kind of weird. I didn't think about it at the time. I'm like, oh yeah, Hawk, makes sense. But yeah, you would think they would have some kind of other like more advanced- way to contact each other
0: or maybe like even a magical device right oh that's true
1: wait but the magical device would like um attract, attract the pistols. zombies mm-hmm. so they could just use like a regular technological device, like device because it didn't sound like the fairy was like magic Mm-mm. Hmm. i have quen- uh, questions Lindsay, <laughs> but it's fine uh Finally. kind of <laughs> uh so though we're just going to skip the past that. Um Setvic is like stressed out on how to respond and Aldari's kind of like confused about why he's like so stressed out um cuz it's kind of like suspicious like does you know Setvic not want to admit that Hawk is like on the brink of death or something? And so she kind of is like pretending, well, not pretending, but she's taking care of Hawk and like, you know, worrying about how sick he is. And she's like, I'm just going to write the response and then send the Hawk away. And so she kind of like dashes down and uh, like writes it, and she's like, "Hey, we like need help immediately. You know, we're surrounded by the twisted that have been like following us since we left the camp, and like Hawk's on the brink of death. Like, please send help!" And like the Hawk leaves, right as Setfik turns around, and he's like all mad. But uh, thankfully, she did this because like immediately, as soon as the Hawk leaves, uh, the twisted use the opportunity to like step in and start wailing on them. Um, so immediately, think of like zombie invasion. And so Aldari and Theli are in the the like wagon thing and they're kind of forced to protect Hawk from all of these zombies because he's unconscious. And they've kind of like universally decided that they'd rather be with Hawk than Sepvik because like Sepvik has been like completely uh, antagonistic towards them, whereas Hawk is a kidnapper, at least has been nice and I kind of understand that. Like, if I was kidnapped, I'd want to stay with the nicer kidnapper than the, like, scarier one. Uh, but, yeah. Uh.
0: Did you find Setvik's like, antagonism overly pronounced, like, mm. way too much? Like, it, it was meant to be exaggerated to counteract Ah-Huck's, um like, niceness. Niceness. I could see that. Because it didn't feel
1: natural,
0: you know what I mean? No, it it felt like, yeah, you could have snarky personalities who just like, I hate everyone, like, fuck you. But like, that's not someone's entire personality. Like 90% of the time, there's there's something else going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see more depth from that character.
1: Yeah, because he was definitely one dimensional and like the one dimension was snarkiness and but just like at random points, like it didn't even make sense as like snarky comments. Um, And so like, obviously, the zombies are starting to like overwhelm them and uh, things are not going well. But then all of a sudden in the distance, they hear these like horns and then the elf king himself pulls up. But I think it's actually his son. Do you remember? Like 80% um, positive. I, I want to
0: say it was like the elf prince like yeah. on behalf of the elf king.
1: Okay, yeah. So the, the elf prince uh, shows up and he's like, you know, he has these auxiliary forces and they immediately surround all of the like uh, the wagons and the reindeers and push off all of the evil zombies. Uh <laughs> But uh, this like prince is apparently kind of like pissed off. And he's like, "Uh, Princess Aldari, like, what the fuck are you doing here? And like, why are you near uh, Captain Hawk with like a sword? And that's a reasonable uh, question. And she's like, oh, well, I'm protecting him. And he's like, Okay, like, thank you for that, I guess. And like for keeping him safe. But like, why does he need protection in the first place? Like, why is he passed out? And like. On the brink of death. And like, why are you even here? And Aldari is like, um, like your kingdom kidnapped me. Like, what do you mean? Why am I here? And he's like, blink, blink. I don't, you know, does not (laughs) compute. (laughs) And so like amidst all of this, like, you know, suspicious glances and back and forth. um, He's like, you know what? This is not my problem. Like, I'm just going to go back to my dad and he's going to figure it out. Cause like no fucking way am I going to figure out what's happening right now. And so Aldari is like suddenly not so sure that they've actually been rescued. Um, Like, yeah, they kicked off all the zombies and stuff, but they're kind of in a pickle Uh, because it seems that like the king and the prince didn't know anything about her being kidnapped. And then all of a sudden they're in this, you know, headed towards this elf city. And the one person who seems to be supportive of them is like on the brink of death. Uh, And so they're kind of like brought to the elf city and they're stuck in this like little house thing that's like not a prison, but kind of a prison, but it's like a nice prison. And um, Aldari is still having like the tummy grumblies, not feeling awesome. (laughs) And so they're just kind of sitting and waiting. Um, They don't know where Hawk went. They don't know where anyone else went, but they're just like stuck in this room until uh, the elf king kind of pops in and introduces himself. And Aldari is like immediately like, oh my God, like how is Hawk? And again, like, in that situation, if you're, like, a princess from a neighboring kingdom and, like, the king came in, I don't know that I would be worried about my kidnapper. I would probably, like, immediately be like, hey, so, like, can we get me back to my, like, home kingdom? Like, is that an option?
0: Yeah, that kind of cycles back into this whole Aldari being this love-struck teenager type where Mm -hmm. she had all of these mighty goals in the beginning of like saving her kingdom and like oh she's a published economic writer but like instances like this with the elf king she just turns into a little girl yeah and it's surprising too because like oh
1: well now that i think about it though uh and maybe i can like put this into words that's intelligible uh (laughs) Like I feel like a lot of super smart people are maybe not the most like socially um like we can't really at
0: all. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. As I'm like struggling to form words, like you can tell what camp I fit in.
0: Um (laughs) maybe it's uh, one of those. uh, Katie and I (laughs) So for all you listening, uh when Katie and I went out um several months ago, like girls night out go out dancing uh with some other girlfriends she and i are the friends that like will stand in a corner until someone forcibly drags us into like the midst of the action so thank god we had a friend who is like the designated extroverted friend to like (laughs) engage with people yep this (laughs) is true yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah she and i are definitely on that um train of yeah yeah we're on that awkward. side of the
1: spectrum. <laughs> um, so like I totally get it. But um maybe it could be more like explained or like clued in a little bit more that like maybe our girl Aldari is a little awkward, Um and it could be that we're supposed to pick that up from all the interactions, but she kind of seems like well adjusted, except her thinking is just like weird and teenage. You know what I mean? Like she talks to people normally. Yeah.
0: Like is she is she extroverted but awkward uh, because she kind of mm. comes across as an introverted type in the beginning, but yeah. has no reservations about interacting with all these other people, right? Yeah. And then add in add in the whole princess thing. Like, I I like when characters don't see class, right? Um, mm. But if you're a princess. Um, you it, it's reasonable to assume like, oh, you've been like separated from like normal people for your entire life and you wouldn't even necessarily want to interact. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to sound classist, but like if you're a princess, that's how you were raised to be. It just seems yeah. weird that she just doesn't see any kind of social rank here. Mm-hmm. But then it's still so awkward awkward but not awkward like if she really
1: didn't see social class like i don't know i have questions it's a little odd <laughs> we'll just
0: we keep getting like yeah. lost in our own thoughts about this particular book yeah there's so many well, weird tangents to go. yeah
1: on. oh jesus <laughs> i'm just gonna ignore <laughs> that
0: but i think it's when you try to
1: summarize it and like in the book it's not as jarring as i think is at as, as oh my god Not as jarring as it is in this summary, Um, because, like, you know, there's, like, words in between all of these, like, craziness, but um, it's still a little jarring when you're reading it, but definitely, like, when you put it into summary form, you're like, uh, I have questions, like, how do all of these little, like, tidbits fit together in a not insane way? (laughs) Uh but the king is basically like um you know Hawk's not awake yet but like once he is I'm going to have questions for him and like he needs to explain what the fuck is going on and Aldar is like okay yeah you do that and then the king leaves and they're still stuck in this uh not prison prison thing that is until um one of the mercenaries from their like main trip kind of like pops up randomly and he's like hey like I'm going to take you to the library and they're like uh okay that's cool and it's like yeah you know so you can read up on magic uh puzzles that we have in these scrolls like maybe it'll help you like give give you some ideas and so again i feel like i'd be a little bit suspicious of this but like they just kind of jump on board and so they're led to a library which is immediately very suspicious because it's kind of like a basement and everything is like uh dark and there's like a giant tree above them, I think. So I can of imagine like a hobbit hidey hole, but with a tree on top. Um, And everything's like kind of hunky-dory until the mercenary, uh, who apparently thinks that Aldari poisoned the captain, um, he locks them in there. And uh, all of a sudden, these like freaky weasel raccoon creatures like pop up in the dark corners and like start closing in on them. Like I imagine the like flashing eyes and you're like, what are those? Um, But they're like toddler sized uh, for reference. So kind of scary, but not scary.
0: So attack um, raccoons. We now have attack raccoons in this book. In the library. Because that makes sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, you need some kind of like pest control if you're gonna have like a bunch of important documents around. Uh but anyway, uh, there's also some kind of like pine tar in here or some kind of like alcohol that's in like tubs. And so Aldari kind of like rolls one into the animals, you know, with Feli helping and then sets it on fire somehow. And then the whole tree starts to, you know, set on fire because this is an elf town where everything's made out of trees. Um, And then it starts smoking. And so the elves pop back up and they're like, what the fuck? Like, why did you set our library on fire? And Aldari's like, well, you guys like locked us in there with those like freaky raccoon things. And everyone's like, what do you mean we locked you in there? And she's like... (sighs) Bitch, like, y'all shut the door with the expectation that they were going to eat us. What are you talking about? But then we just kind of, like, skip past that assassination attempt because, like, Cox awake. And um, all of a sudden they bring her up to him to talk. And this part was, like, weird, too. I'm, like, looking at my notes and, like, they don't even really make sense. Um, This
0: whole scene was, was like, confusing for me because I couldn't envision it. There were so much, so many new characters introduced. Yeah. And- Like, there's a whole subplot thing going on with Elf King, Elf Prince, Captain Hawk, Mercenary. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, can we have Aldari be even remotely suspicious that, like, the King and the Prince are apparently on a first-name basis with Captain Hawk?
1: Yeah. Um, Because that was weird. And then it was also weird that she didn't think twice about the fact that, like, Hawk kidnapped her, but the King apparently doesn't know anything about this kidnapping and, like, I know we've kind of, like, talked about it, but the advisor was, like, talking with Hawk about trying to find someone to help with the puzzle. But that's never really explained at this point. But she does not even, like, raise any kind of eyebrow at the fact that no one apparently knows that why she's been kidnapped. Like, that would be a little entire, bit of a red flag.
0: Yeah. It's an entire kingdom, right? Like, a kingdom kidnapping uh, royalty from a neighboring kingdom. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah.
1: That's like an act of war.
0: Yeah. Yikes. Um, so I'm just going to summarize. Has they a have... puzzle, so it's fine. <laughs> it's <laughs> and a Captain boffet. Hawk's a
1: himbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they have like a conversation. They're all like kind of like handsy and like lovey dovey with each other, uh, like flirty um but like i think at this point hawk admits that he you know kidnapped them not on behalf of the like king and he's probably going to get in trouble for the whole thing but he just wanted to help his kingdom and this is kind of like their last uh last hurrah to try to find a solution and so Eldari's like oh my god like you're kind of not guilt tripping me, but like almost. And she's like, well, I think like I maybe want to help you guys. And he's like, oh, really? But then, you know, the king comes in, who's immediately like, okay, take the prisoner or like political prisoner, you know, whatever Aldari status is at this point. Um, take her back to her room. I need to like lecture Captain Hawk some more on why he's being like a fucking idiot. But also again, like why would the king feel the need to like, you know berate sure this random yeah
0: and why is he staying a in the mercenary castle mercenary captain yeah
1: it's not even like the royal army it's just like a random like troop
0: yeah the moon sword <sighs> battalion <laughs> yeah oh my god
1: uh and so we kind of like skip past that the next day aldari and theli are summoned to the throne room and like the king uh is there and also the king's advisor, but the king's advisor, it is just revealed, is the queen. So it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, obviously the queen is going to be the king's advisor because they're married, um, at least to a certain degree, but like, that's fine. Um, and so they're kind of like questioning Aldari, like, uh, you know, what happened? Why all of a sudden did Captain Hawk get so sick? Like. This is very suspicious. And then it's kind of like they're thinking that Aldari poisoned him. And Aldari is like, well, what do you mean? Like, I didn't do anything. I've been like feeling sick too, but just not to the same degree. And then all of a sudden during this kind of like very polite interrogation, um, it clicks for Aldari that like it was probably the green potion that the medic gave them because, you know, Theli was feeling fine. She didn't take any. Setvic, the grumpy lieutenant, you know, because Deli didn't take any. He couldn't take any either. But the two people that actually did take some were the two people that got sick. And then like Hawk, because he had his like tummy um, ripped out by serpents or whatever, he had to take a bunch of it. And so it makes sense that he's like more sick. And so um, the queen kind of like sends someone out to try to find the medic to like question him. And then uh, the guy, the like runner comes back and he's like, oh my God, the medic is missing, like he fled. And it's like, oh, okay, that's like, you know, suspicious, he's probably guilty. And so at this point, um, the king is like, oh, okay, that's Akko, Um, you know, Princess Haldari, I'm like, really sorry about this whole thing, but like you weren't even supposed to be kidnapped, like wonks, Um, we're just gonna like send you home. And this part like made me really angry but like Aldari has like objections to the fact that they're trying to send her home and she's like no but like I want to help you guys and it's like I, again like
0: she's what about your fucking kingdom fucking switch is what happens here I also had issues with I mean I clearly had issues throughout the book but this was a big one <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah cuz it's I felt like I wasn't really super like I didn't have a lot of concerns about the book necessarily like specifics until this point but it just kind of like if you're the princess and you you know have been writing these economic papers your whole life like talking about how to save your kingdom and then you're finally given the opportunity to actually save your kingdom by like marrying the prince of the you know orith or whatever and you're like oh no but i want to have an adventure like girl like what the fuck like you don't actually care about your kingdom And so that kind of, yeah, was me. Uh, But during this, like, you know, um, offer and he's like, okay, we're going to send you home. uh, Hawk pops in and Aldari is like, well, like, please, you know, let me help you in your kingdom. And Captain Hawk is like, yeah, please. Like, she's already here. Like, might as well let her help. And Thelly, like, in the background is like, nah, like, we need to get the fuck out of this bitch. Like, what are you smoking? Like, they're offering to take you back home. Um, but the king is like, nope. You guys are going home, literally tomorrow, and that's the end of it. And that is where we will also stop. And so apparently, Aldari is on her way home. Maybe. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I'm because there's a part words. three. <laughs> Don't remind me. Part. I mean, <laughs> at least Jordan has her head the- in
1: her hands right now. If you're wondering.
0: <laughs> hmm. I, I don't, I'm struggling to find words right now for this because there's so much that happened in part one and seemingly very little in part two. We had a zombie attack and we got to meet the elf king um, mm. and then this whole poisoning thing. So this is like, we're two thirds of the way through the book at this point, right?
1: hmm
0: Yeah. So why the need to cram everything right at the front and then drag this whole middle section out and then we still have one more part to go. Uh, it's fine. That's true. Again, the so PC is like kind of wonks. <laughs> yeah. But readers, listeners, I get to narrate part three. Oh, geez. Stay tuned. <laughs> I feel like
1: it's going to be a little bit painful. Uh, but again, I just want to caveat, like we're roasting this book a little bit, but it's like, one of those like fun reads that you really don't have to think about things you can just like enjoy you know captain hawk being a himbo and you know like weird you know aspects that you don't really get to read about in fantasy romance like reindeer and zombies and uh fairy serpents archaeology
0: volcanoes
1: That as well. Uh, it doesn't really pop up in fantasy. So if you just want to kind
0: of like wet that weird, you know, edge, uh, this is the book. <laughs> I think I would I would caveat this because I would hate for our readers slash listeners. I still don't know what we what we call our people. I don't know. Uh, um, our friends, I like readers, though. Our friends. Oh, I like readers too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So maybe we'll stick to readers. Um, I would <laughs> yeah. hate for our readers who have never tried Lindsay Berger, like like myself, to start with this book. So mm, mm-hmm. maybe wait, maybe dabble in some of her other books and don't read this one. If you're just listening yeah. for for funsies and you haven't read this yet, Um, maybe start with something else. I like, would totally you- second that. What would you recommend like to start out with with this author?
1: Um, So I think you should read The Emperor's Edge. The only thing is it's a little bit of a commitment. Um, I think there's like eight books in the series, Um, but they're really fun adventure books. Um, There's light romance in it, but that's not really like the main key part. So if you're someone that enjoys fantasy romance, but you also don't mind when the romance is like you really have to pay and then it's kind of like a buyout at the end or like, you know, you have to work for it. Um, I definitely recommend the Emperor's Edge series. It's like a steampunk setting, but there's also like magic aspects. And basically it's this like woman who works for kind of like an inspector police department or something. And she's um put on this mission, which is like totally impossible but on purpose so that like you know she's just too much of a good like do gooder and so she's told that she has to go take out this like assassin who's you know number one on the top like wanted list and it turns out that they start to like work together to kind of take out whoever this bad guy is that is corrupt and he's trying to like ruin the kingdom and uh hijinks soup, i feel like that's the best way to like end that <laughs> but the romance is like really natural and they you know start out as like kind of like hesitant allies you know working towards a common good and then you know like naturally you're like oh like you're not that bad of a person like i don't mind you so and he's uh very like moody and quiet which i feel like is the the himbo of our era <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fair. See, I like yeah. that description already. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a really fun okay. book. Like, it's. Uh, I don't know that I've read many books like it, so it's like very unique in that aspect. And um, I like that the main character is actually strong. Like, I feel like we always hear about like strong female you know, protagonist, but she's actually like, she cares about her, you know, fake country and she like wants to do good and she cares about people. And that's like the big thing is like, she kind of, uh, like adopts all of these like random loners and kind of like creates her own little, like cute orphan family. Cause she like just likes people and sees the good in them. And it's like kind of adorable, but, um, yeah. So the emperor's edge series loved it. I've read it like two or three times.
0: Oh, m- multiple times, okay. yeah, I was mm-hmm. not expecting that nope,
1: they're it's a lot of fun. And they're like their romance, their love story is adorable because it's kind of like uh TV shows. So you know uh TV shows how they have to, like, really draw out the romance between like, the two main characters so that they, like, don't like ruin it in season one. It's super similar because it's always at the end of the book that like a cute little like romantic interaction happens and you're like, God damn it, I got to read the next one. It got me, you know, seven times in a row. So.
0: <laughs> okay. That's that's enough of a sell for me. So maybe that's what I'll read yep. next. <laughs> okay. Well. Highly um, recommend. Do you, do you want to sign us off? Uh,
1: I feel like I can't. Like I'm always the second part. I don't even know. Have we, oh, we but ever What the first part it? is. No. <laughs> I'm scared. We can't do it now.
0: <laughs> we are afraid of change and commitment. Um, all yep, right. Same. From, from our shelf to yours. We'll see you next. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is what happens when I we got... overthink it too much. All right. Yep, I got two. so sweaty. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us through part two of the Elf Tangent. We will see you. <laughs> I almost said we'll see you on the next page. (laughs) God damn it, that's my line. Okay, focus, focus, Jordan. Here we go. Yes, yes. From our shelf to yours.
1: We'll see you on the next page. (laughs) Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram.
0: Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Music. Thanks for listening.